Today's episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. We all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on, like tedious commutes to work or dealing with your annoying boss. But when it comes to your health, there is no compromise. So don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on their crossword puzzles, even though they're available right now or they take your slightly sketchy insurance. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. You can search by location, availability, and insurance. So there's literally no compromises here because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. I use ZocDoc and you should too. Go to ZocDoc.com RS and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash R-S. ZocDoc.com slash R-S. Today's episode is sponsored by Adam and Eve. You know, I read so many stories about cheating partners and unhappy marriages. Maybe people wouldn't be in such unhappy relationships if they spent more time nurturing their love life. That's why you should check out today's sponsor, Adam and Eve. They've got toys for men, toys for women, and toys for... How should I put this? Well, it's not exactly r slash am I the butthole, more like r slash I'm in the butthole. And yeah, I realize that ordering adult toys can be a little scary because you may be concerned about privacy. Don't worry, Adam and Eve offers discreet and free shipping for your package. Trust me, these people are experts in your package. You can get 50% off on just about any item, along with free shipping and rush processing. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy or anything you desire. Then enter code r slash at checkout. That's r slash, R-S-L-A-S-H at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code r slash to get your discount, plus 100% free shipping, and get it fast with rush processing. Use code r slash. Welcome to r slash nuclear revenge, where OP watches her abuser slowly die in front of her eyes. Our next Reddit post is from Petty AF. I'm a 40-year-old woman, and I've been married to my husband, who's 44, for 20 years now. We have two kids, a 16-year-old girl and a 13-year-old boy. My husband is what I would consider a high earner by middle-class standards. Ten years ago, by complete coincidence, I found out that my husband had been cheating on me, with men, and that he had been doing it since before we got married. We live in a small town in the south of the United States, so him coming out as gay would have consequences. I believe that this is the only reason that he hasn't come out to anyone. First, here's how I found out that he was cheating on me. He got sloppy and left a credit card bill in the pocket of a coat. While going through it, I found all the telltale signs of infidelity. Payments to a hotel in a nearby county, restaurant bills, gifts, flowers, condoms and lubricant, etc. I started camping outside the hotel on days that he told me he'd be late, and I saw him bringing different men there. I'm very good at compartmentalization, and I have a great poker face. It comes with growing up in an abusive household. So I was able to give myself the time to cool off and to come up with a plan of what I should do. The first thing I did was get an STD panel, since I didn't know how safe he had been with his partners. The test came out negative. Then I convinced him that we should start using condoms, since I was having side effects from the pill. He was okay with that. I thought for a long time, 
and I came to the decision that I was not going to confront him, nor was I going to leave him. He was able to provide me with a really good lifestyle, one that I would never be able to afford with my high school diploma. We had a cleaning lady, a nanny to help with the kids, regular spa days in a country club, a new car every other year, luxury family vacations every year, etc. He was a good dad and a good partner, cheating aside, and really good in bed. But I wasn't going to let him have a single guilt-free week in his life. That would be my revenge. I started small, planning great date nights for us, telling him that I felt our relationship had cooled off and I wanted that spark back. Then I would sometimes slip into conversations some hot tea I heard about a cheating husband. A (gasps) gay man that had been using his poor wife as a beard. And I would compliment the only gay couple we knew for having the courage of being real men who were out and proud of themselves. On the other hand, I would praise him as the perfect husband to anyone and everyone, especially if he was in earshot. The amount of guilt gifts I got from him was astounding. This man was even sending me flowers weekly. It continued that same way for years. I could literally see how much this weighed on him. Me? Well, my parents were part of a commune with the concept of free love. I was the same. I just considered myself to be in an open marriage. It seems that cheating is easier to ignore if you're not that big into monogamy in the first place. And my husband was keeping me satisfied, so I felt no need to find a partner of my own. Then, four years ago, I guess he met the love of his life. He started seeing just the one guy. I was seriously thinking about ending the whole thing, especially since I'd started my own business by then, and I was able to bring in enough money to support myself and my kids while maintaining my lifestyle. But then my husband introduced his side piece to us. He effing brought him into our house, introduced him to our kids, and that was enough for me to keep tormenting him. Apparently, he was a new friend that he made while golfing. He started hinting about moving to another state, a state where it would be easier for him to come out. I refused, telling him that my business was here and I wasn't going to start over in another state. Also, the kids had their friends and extended family here, so it would be unfair to uproot them. Then, he started trying to start arguments. I guess he wanted us to fight, then for me to ask for a divorce. I just stopped those arguments in their tracks. I would just agree with whatever he said. He was right, I was wrong. And to make it up to him, how about a nice dinner and some great passionate hugging? He hated that. I knew from spying on his phone that passionately hugging me felt like cheating on his boyfriend. The audacity of this man. I also knew that his boyfriend was pressuring him to leave me almost every day. He was stuck between a rock and a hard place. He started drinking, and when it got too heavy, that was when I decided that enough was enough. I wanted to ruin his life, not his health. Also, I grew up with an alcoholic father, and I didn't want that for my kids. So, I gathered all the evidence of his infidelity over the last nine years. Photos with different men, conversations, his grinder profile, everything. Then, I hired a divorce attorney and mailed the evidence to his employer. He has a morality clause in his contract, and adultery breaks it. I also mailed it to all of his relatives, including his parents, as well as our church. 
technically, it was his church because I was never big on religion like he was. It was like a bomb exploded. He was fired. The congregation turned on him for cheating, not for being gay. Let's keep this straight. His parents wouldn't take him in after I kicked him out, and he was shamed publicly. Gotta love that small-town gossip mill. And the cherry on top? His boyfriend was run out of town. And my husband couldn't follow him because he wanted to fight for custody of our kids. Now, almost a year later, I'm a free woman. I get to keep the house, my car, and my business. He got 75% of the retirement and investment accounts, but he won't be paying alimony. I get full custody, he gets visitation, I also get child support. He had to move six hours away to find a new job. He couldn't put the last job that he worked at for his whole life as a reference. His relationship with his family is rocky, his reputation in town is ruined, the love of his life left him for good, and my kids only tolerate him because I did my best to shield them and to tell them that he's still a good father to them. I also made sure to treat him politely, to never talk bad about him, and I had a lengthy talk with my kids about how their father being gay is okay, it's just who he is and that's not his fault, that the only thing he did wrong was hiding it from me. So I guess the results of his cheating was years of guilt followed by a ruined life. Man, OP, I don't know how you did this for 10 years. I guess if you're going to be miserable in a relationship where your partner is cheating, you can find daily joy in torturing him. Hate can be a really powerful motivator, it seems. Our next Reddit post is from Background Wave. I grew up in a small town from a hit country. I always knew that I was gay and that everyone else was homophobic, so I was planning on staying in the closet until I moved out. You know the story. Seven years ago, a certain senator from Vermont announced his candidacy for president of the United States. And me being the edgy high school senior who couldn't keep his mouth shut, I went all in on the online activism. Mostly on Reddit, but importantly also on Twitter where I had a fan account with 10,000 followers that I wouldn't shut up about. My activism for Bernie Sanders did not go over well with everyone, but people knew my politics, and I was just a terminally online 17-year-old high schooler, so no one took it seriously. I guess my parents got a few comments at church, but that was about it. Even at school, I lacked self-awareness and wouldn't shut up about the Democratic primaries. I wasn't antisocial or anything, but most of the people I hung out with were dorkier than me, and at least as unself-aware. Here's one thing that I didn't account for. If you harass your entire rural hick town to follow your Twitter account, maybe don't also use that account to like gay adult content. There were likes on that account from half a year prior, so you had to scroll a while to find them. But this one guy from one of my classes, Alex, went through the trouble and sent screenshots to practically everyone at school, plus my parents. This wasn't easy for me, but the landing was softer than I expected. My parents took a week or two to adjust, but were eventually fine with it. Other adults in town avoided me, but that wasn't much of a change. And people at school picked on me for a while, but it dwindled down pretty fast. Still, I was livid with what Alex did, and I wasn't letting it slide. Besides, it wasn't entirely harmless either. My parents accepted me, but they were still outwardly homophobic. And even then, who wants to have their adult content browsing history shown to their parents? Alex was a top-of-the-class straight-A student with Ivy League aspirations and definitely Ivy League qualifications. Plus, he could go the legacy route through his dad. 
His future was also fully dependent on his parents' money. I needed to hit these two aspects of Alex's life to turn them into smoke. Alex's parents were kind of the movie cliche of small-town rich folk. Old money, his dad is a lawyer, good standing with the community and the church, conservative, involved in local and state politics, etc. Alex was a spoiled rich kid. There's nothing intrinsically wrong with that, but it comes with its fair share of rebellious dumb things that you do as a spoiled rich kid. So here's how I used Alex's past to destroy his future. Alex dealt drugs for one month when he was 15. Again, he was a well-put-together valedictorian, so this is totally out of place for him, but I guess he just wanted to do something edgy. I know this because one time, me and my friend bought some weed from him. My friend had screenshots of the conversation and was more than happy to give me those screenshots, which I sent to Alex's parents. Obviously, they accused me of fabricating them out of revenge, so I asked my friend to show them the conversation firsthand next Sunday sermon, which he did. A year before outing me, he impregnated a girl who ended up getting an abortion that he paid for, with the quid pro quo that she wouldn't say who the father is. It was already too late for her, since her parents knew that she was pregnant, so she didn't mind taking the fall herself. I knew that girl pretty well. We weren't friends, but we were close politically and would have the occasional discussion. She was livid with Alex for outing me and decided, after I not-so-subtly suggested it, to do a call-out post on the town's Facebook group with screenshots of their conversations. Also, Alex had an alt-right trolling account that he used to harass black people. I'm talking hard R N-words, monkey jokes, IQ graphs, and the like. Multiple people, mostly the one black kid who went to the school, reported him, but it was practically impossible to prove that he was behind the accounts. Until I realized that he sometimes logged into the school computers and gave that as a tip to the principal. I'm not sure what the IT guy did, but he caught Alex red-handed. Alex ended up getting weeks of school suspension and had to apologize in front of the whole school. So, Alex went from a model son to a junkie, baby-murdering racist overnight. His parents decided to kick him out without a penny after graduation. He did still get into an Ivy League school, but without his parents' support, he had to juggle school in a part-time job and dropped out a year in. He's now, apparently, a divorced absentee father who's involved with two multi-level marketing schemes at once. He went from a valedictorian who was destined to become a DC lawyer to that. Our next Reddit post is from Ultimate Odie. Back in 2019, I had just moved my long-term partner into my house due to a series of poor life choices on his end. It had been a rocky relationship for most of its duration, but I was young and dumb. I believed that this was him wanting to commit and truly start our lives. By early 2020, we were engaged. I was a full-time university student, sole caretaker for my mentally disabled mother, and taking care of our house and our pets. He worked a standard 40-hour-a-week, minimum-wage job, and refused to help with any aspects of life. I found out on Christmas Day 2020 that he had been unfaithful and he forgot to tell me. He was planning on leaving me, but had informed everyone except for me because he had failed to secure a new residence. Apparently, his side chick didn't like him enough to let him move in. At this point, it was very little love lost, and I expected that he'd be moving out within the coming weeks. Fast forward three entire months, and his search for a living place was non-existent, and he was acting more and more entitled. 
Clearly, by this point, he's an unwelcome freeloader who had taken up residence in my living room. I was about to serve him an eviction notice to get him off my couch. He began swiping Tinder with his phone volume loudly on. I told him not to do that in my presence because it was highly insensitive to do that in my home and he could do it in private. This continued, so I told him that I'd sleep with one of his friends. I said this in a moment of anger and it was more of an empty threat at the time. However, I am known for seeing goals to their completion. I messaged the guy who was supposedly my ex's best friend and the best man for the wedding. It turns out that he didn't even consider my ex a close friend, and my ex had acted similarly terrible to this guy previously as well. We bonded over our terrible experience, hit it off really well in general, and started dating. I was upfront about what the catalyst was for me reaching out to him was. After two years of dating, we were married on April 2nd. He watched me graduate with that bachelor's degree that my ex disliked, and I'm halfway through my master's. Also, my husband works in a specialized, steady field that supports both of us. Last I heard, my ex got kicked out of his dad's house, never was able to officially date his side chick, and hasn't made any choices to better his life. Well, the best revenge is a life well lived, and looks like OP is living well. Our next Reddit post is from I see right through you. When I was six years old, I was molested by my grandfather, repeatedly up until the age of 11. I would typically be sent to his house on weekends, occasionally with my mother staying for visits during the week. My grandmother had died to cancer, so she was never around to witness it. My grandfather would always pressure me to do things with him and never say anything to anyone about it. I felt filthy and pissed each time it happened. And because I was so young, I couldn't do much to physically stop it. Until Christmas Eve. For Christmas, my mother was visiting my grandfather to celebrate, and since she was an alcoholic, she was asleep in one of the guest rooms. So my grandfather was in the kitchen cleaning up and I was watching TV. I then heard a thud in the kitchen and I rushed to check on what it was. It was Grandpa, with a face dropped on one side and a numb leg. I asked, Grandpa, what's wrong? He could only answer in a thick slur, and I knew that he was having a stroke. We had learned about it in school. We'd also learned how to call 911 to save a person, but that wouldn't be necessary. And realizing this, I simply stood up, smiled at him, kept eye contact, and walked back to the living room to continue watching TV. And then I just waited, watching movies until enough time had passed that I figured nobody could probably help him. Then I got my mom and told her what happened in the kitchen. Mom called 911 and stayed with Grandpa until the ambulance came. Mom hopped in the ambulance to follow Grandpa too while I was sent to the next door neighbor's house. And Grandpa died in the hospital. And up until the funeral, I had to play the facade that I was the innocent granddaughter. And to this day, nobody in my family knows what I did. Well, OP, sounds like you got exactly what you wished for for Christmas. That was r slash nuclear revenge. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.